0: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And my guest today is really a legend. He's a legend in this space. <laughs> uh, you know him, and I'm confident if you know him, you love him. Hey, e commerce evolution listeners, Brett Curry here. I have a really cool announcement and an invite just for you. In February, OMG Commerce is hosting an exclusive invite-only event at the Google and YouTube offices in Los Angeles. Now, if you've never experienced a Google office, they really do live up to the hype. And the Google offices in L.A. are some of the most unique around. More on the venue in a minute. First, let me give you the scoop on the event itself. It's called YouTube Ads for E-Commerce, building full funnel growth with YouTube ads. I'll be speaking at this event Sharing some of our best YouTube ad strategies, some of our most successful YouTube ad templates, and more. And you'll get to hear directly from some amazing YouTube team members, including some incredible content from the Unskippable Labs team. Now, I've seen this content before, and it's amazing. Uh, I'm so excited about this event. But here's the best part. It's free, but it is invite-only, and you do have to apply and be approved to attend because seating is limited. So sorry, no agencies, no service providers. This is just for e-commerce companies. Now, as promised, more about the venue. This will be held at the Spruce Goose Hangar. This hangar was initially built by the mogul Howard Hughes. And if you've ever seen the movie The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio, then you know all about Howard Hughes and his Spruce Goose This hangar was recently renovated in true Google fashion. Now it's a cutting-edge YouTube studio and Google offices, and that's where we're holding this event. It's going to be amazing. So to find out more, to check out the application, go to omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube dash event. Again, that's omgcommerce.com forward slash YouTube dash event. I'll also link to the event page in the show notes of this show. And I hope to see you in L.A. Talking to Mr. Russ Henneberry, and he's the founder of TheClick.com, a daily email newsletter about digital business. It's one of my favorite reads. It is one of those things that I subscribe to that I actually read. I subscribe to a lot of things. Most of it gets cleaned out by my assistant. I actually do read The Click because... Very good. You also may know Russ from his time at Digital Marketer. He was the director of editorial there on stage at TNC all the time. Also wrote digital marketing for dummies. Uh, Dude is no dummy. He knows his stuff. (laughs) And also, we come from the same great state of Missouri. That's right. Russ, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, if you count the 100th episode, this is your third time on the show. So, congrats to you. That's uh, that's that's rare air right there, my friend.
1: I'm like Tom Hanks on Saturday Night Live. Like, <laughs> how many times did exactly. Tom
0: Hanks do Saturday Night Live? Dude,
1: no, I mom. love doing this show, and I love talking to you about this stuff, and uh, I'm excited to be here. So, thanks
0: yeah, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, we talked a little while back. Um, we did the 100th episode, and she came on and talked for... You know, seven or eight minutes, and we talked a little bit about what's working right now for SEO. We're both SEO guys, at least that's how we got our start, right? That was like the first thing I ever did online was SEO. I don't really do much with SEO anymore, uh, but I know you know the game very well, and so we're going to dig into this. We're going to talk about this, you know, for an e-commerce business. Help you kind of lay out uh, a strategy and identify what should you be thinking about as it pertains to SEO in 2020. And so before we get into kind of the meat of, you know, the how-to and the specifics and all that, I want to talk about what I, what I think is the most recent big algorithm update and that's the BERT update. Now, I guess you and I were just talking about there was like a core update that just happened a couple of days ago, maybe if I missed recording, but there's not much information out about that yet. So uh, talk to the folks, what is the BERT update and what does it mean to us as marketers and merchants?
1: Well, so, you know, basically the BERT update, you know, the long story short on this thing is that, is that you know, Google has been improving its algorithm year after year, month after month, day after day uh, in order to rank the best pages um, that have the most relevance for any keyword phrase. And this this BERT update is just another step towards uh, making the best content win, uh, the most relevant page win, and not you know, the spammer or the person that's manipulating the algorithm. So... Um, there's not a whole heck of a lot you need to do. As you know, if you're hearing about Bert, the Bert update, um, and you're trying to figure, out, oh, what am I supposed to do with this update? Yeah. What, what are the and new there, tricks? What are the new tips? Right. What are the new hacks for SEO? The, there's no new right. tricks. It's just continuing, continuing to double down on understanding that that really SEO is a subcategory of content marketing, and understanding that that you know, you need to be building superior pages and, and you're never going to uh, probably have another update from Google where it's like, oh, there's these new loopholes and there's these yep. new yep. hacks and tricks, right? All they're doing these days is just, is just ratcheting down um, its ability to understand the nuances of language. For example, if I said to you, Brett, like, as a human, a human, if I said, do you want to go play some squash, right? Which is, you know, who plays squash anymore? But yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, don't,
0: I would I would like to watch someone play squash. I don't know how to play squash. Well, you know um, what's
1: hot is pickleball. Let's use pickleball. Pickleball is
0: popular. I don't even know like, very of people that like pickleball. I, I, I've never played. It looks fun. I, I got to play some
1: But, you know, if I typed type that in, how does, you know, how does a search engine or an algorithm understand the difference between Pickle as as something that is uh, associated with a game versus uh, the food group, uh-huh. right? Or being in a pickle, right? Which is a very nuanced way of of using the word pickle. Same with the word squash. You can play squash. You can squash a bug. You can eat a you squash. Eat squash. You can grow a squash. Or you can and so all you know, all this algorithm continues to do, and the bird ape updates updates another iteration upon you know, another layer on here where, where they're starting to understand that, um, you know, the nuance of language. And so, you know, I think we're gonna get into some of this today, but, but understanding that long tail keywords are, are the game today, right? Yep. And, and, and the BERT update makes long tail searches um, even more... Understandable by the by that Google algorithm, they they understand long tail, and very nuanced searches uh, better uh, after Bert than they ever have before.
0: Yeah, I love it. And, and as an SEO guy that lived through the the Panda and Penguin updates, you know, kind of the original spam updates, you know, mm-hmm. getting rid of spammy content, spammy backlinks, and all those things. I personally yep. love the way that where Google is headed because, for the most part, the best content, uh, those that have the most readable. Useful, relevant uh, content win, and I think that's what it should be. That that's better for the ecosystem in the in the long run. And yeah, I mean
1: it's it's great, right? For for those of us that want to build an actual business, yeah. we want to build a, a sustained business. We are not looking to churn and burn a bunch of affiliate sites or do a bunch yep. of weird stuff like that. All this, all they keep doing is just weeding out those business models and those those types of models, so that you know what you are getting in the Google search results. Is going to be an actual business that's not here today and gone tomorrow, but actually has a product and and it, it, and is going to be there for their customer, you know, for the long term.
0: Yep, love it, love it. You'd mentioned something uh, when we recorded before that I thought was great, and I'd like to dive into it just a little bit. You said that intent is the most important word in SEO right now. Uh, what, what do you mean by that, and why is that? Well,
1: and it's a lot of it is because of the intelligence of Google these days. I mean, but even even beyond that, um, if you want your SEO to be be anything more than just uh, a parlor trick, right, where it's like, hey, look, I got this page to rank in the search engine, right? You need to back up a step, right? Because you know, you and I have known forever, and you and know, I think you and I have even ranted about this before, where. You know, we've had, maybe had a client or you were talking to a business person and, and, and what they're really focused in on is rankings, right? They're like, oh man, I got, why, is, why is this competitor ranking above me on this? And, um, and and then you get people that get a little bit deeper and they understand that, okay, so maybe it's not about rankings. Rankings, I can't take to the bank. Rankings don't, don't help me put my kids through college. right? Maybe it's traffic that I'm really after. Yes. As. But it's really the folks that understand that at the end of the day, the business metrics that matter typically for us are lead generation and sales. Yep. Right. And so, if you want to go beyond thinking about SEO as a way to get rankings, which if you are like that's fine, but you know you, you're not driving business uh, metrics when you do that, and it's really not about traffic either. Um, it's about whether or not you're able to um, move somebody along that buyer's journey. And um, to do that, you've got to back up a step from, okay, how does SEO work? And you know, what are the different little tricks and different things like that? And go back to the, the very foundation of SEO, which is the keyword that you're, you're looking to, to go after in the first place. The type, of, you know, the type of resource that you're going to build to satisfy someone's uh, problem, right? And to do that, we have to back up. We have to start thinking about this word intent. Like what are, what are our potential customers and our existing customers? What is their intent online? And can we anticipate that intent? And then can we then build a resource and optimize that resource in a way that satisfies that intent? Um, that's a mouthful there. And I think that's as if you go along here, you kind of, we kind of put some bones, put some flesh on those bones. But yep. the concept here is we need to step back, consider intent, consider what people are trying to accomplish when they go online and use that to inform the keywords that, that we target and inform the resources that we're building. It, what this does is it keeps you from creating a bunch of just stuff to go online and, and instead um, starts to align what you're producing, the assets you're producing by assets. I mean, things like podcasts, blog posts, videos, uh, sales pages, uh, comparison pages, demo pages, whatever all these different pages are, they should be built to meet the intent of one of your
0: potential buyers. Yep. And and it's one of those, it's the process of understanding, okay, my ideal customer, what questions are they going to be asking? What are they looking for at the different stages as they go through this, this shopping journey, as they hopefully land on and decide on buying my product? Exactly. What are the questions they ask along the way? How can I answer those questions in a way that's authentic and true? And that makes them say, hmm, I really like this product. And and then eventually, you know, hopefully leads them To buy, And I I think a couple of things that that go into this, uh, we talked about this last time too, you know, people are getting more and more comfortable with search engines, right? It's a natural part of what we do. We we search on Google often dozens of times a day. Uh, We're now very used to, very confident making specific queries, very detailed and specific queries. And part of that is fueled by voice, right? We like voice searches, easy and accurate now. And so I think all these things kind of play together, right? We're, we're searching in a very detailed fashion. We've got lots of things that we want to buy. Um, uh, you know, I talk a lot about ads now, but, but this stat I'm about to share really applies to ads or content or whatever, but the number of touch points now that someone interacts with prior to purchase has really gone up and it's gone up because it's just so much easier, right? So there's a, a study, um, done by think with uh, published by think by google and um talking about how you know like looking at some real customer journeys where you know guys buying a pair of uh, noise canceling headphones and he has like 300 touch points and that includes blogs and videos and searches and websites clicked on and stuff like that or there's a lady looking for hypoallergenic makeup and it was like 120 touch points or something like that and it's it's that we're doing that because it's easy and we can bounce back and forth and we're on our phone and then we're on our Desktop and we're we're able to kind of you know just do our research pretty pretty quickly. Um, so what I think would be helpful, Russ, is let, let's let's kind of look at the stages of the the shopping journey and what uh, how to identify what people's intent is at those different stages, and then how do we create content you know to satisfy that intent at those different stages.
1: Yeah. So so when we think about intent, the way I like to think about it is that there's four stages of intent right so and, and and certainly depending on your business you could go and carve this up in any way you want but but a great exercise to do with your marketing team is to sit down and draw out four, four columns and at the top of each column right you're going to write um, at the top of the first one you're going to write research intent right and after the, in the second column you're going to write compare intent and then you're going to write buy intent in the third column and then a type of intent that i call succeed intent in that fourth column. And each one of those columns represents a different stage in the the journey from, I don't know who you are, bro, to, you know, not only am I purchasing, but I'm also referring, I'm, I'm, I'm buying other products you sell. I'm, I'm a repeat buyer, which is sort of that Holy grail where we all want to get right where we've acquired a valuable customer, the great lifetime value uh, that's referring and promoting, promoting us. So, um, if you think about it, you know each one of these stages is going to, you know, your 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 potential customer is going to go to the web, going to go to Google, and ask it different questions and query different things at each of these stages of the intent of intent. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, using the example of an espresso machine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Great example, I, by
0: the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah. Right. Nice high ticket item. Well. You know, and 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 it's probably going to represent hundreds of touch points a lot of times yes. before someone buys one, and and so they're going to spend time in that research intent stage, and when they do that, you know what kinds of things like sit down and make a list, um, because in a lot of ways, a lot of times the best keyword research tool is your brain, right? Just sitting down and writing some things out, and then you go right. to the tools to. To kind of verify some things and maybe maybe tighten some things up, uh, maybe use a synonym here or there because you see it's a little bit less competitive. But, but at the end of the day, this is about you sitting down and thinking through your potential buyer and thinking about what, what types of things is this person going to type in during that research stage and then making a list of, of the ones where it's like, we need content. That satisfies this intent, right? So, um, you know, for an espresso machine, um, you can you can kind of play it out in your head because I actually was in the in the, in the process of buying an espresso machine. Um, you know, you're going to be researching everything from uh, features and prices. So, so espresso machine features, best espresso machine. Um, you know, and Adding modifiers, what we call modifiers, to that seed keyword of espresso machine, which is what you want to buy, right? You want to buy an espresso machine. You're going to add little modifiers to your search um, that indicate that you're in that research stage. And that's where you need, you need to have a resource uh, built or not, right? You could choose like, you know what, we're not going to target that. We're gonna go deeper in. We're gonna go deeper in towards uh, compare stage or buy. So, so
0: maybe you're saying, "Hey, we're just gonna create content for people that are a little bit closer to purchase." And so maybe that higher in the funnel, we're gonna we're gonna wait on resources and, and content around that potentially.
1: Yeah. So if I'm if I'm in you know if I'm in the compare stage, so I've moved past research means I've I've probably put some things together. And There's certainly gray area and ble- bleeding across. Sure. Uh, in this, in these stages, but, but compare stage SEO is, is really, really fantastic SEO for e-commerce um, and because you could go out there and let's say you sell espresso machines and you could create pages that compare the two different products, very specific branded keywords and, 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 and SEO for those brands with, you know, so it's uh, Nespresso F fifty one. I'm just making things up. Versus, versus Nespresso blah. Versus yep. versus another brand. Yep. Um, types of espresso machines. You know that maybe be unbranded. You can write articles about that. And these things uh, tend to be low competition. But think about how high and how how high the intent is there. Yep. Right. It's it's super intent. Um, and and really, from, from an e-commerce standpoint, between the SEO of your product pages, right, and your category pages and stuff like that, this is a fabulous, fabulous place to spend some time. Is what resources could we build that help people make better buying decisions when they're comparing the products we sell or even comparing products we don't sell? So something we sell versus something we don't sell, yep. right? And being kind of honest about it, like. You know, don't buy this this machine if you know you don't want to keep buying the rechargeable pack. You know, thing yep. little yep. packet things. If you yep. want uh, something that grinds your coffee, this is the right one, right? And help people make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, the best way to do this um, and to find these kinds of keywords is to type the name of the brand into Google, and then type "vs," which is verse. Um, and then watch what
0: Google suggests, right after. That. The, Google, the Google suggest is such a powerful tool and one of those right. underutilized. I mean, it's based on popularity, right? And, and it really gives an idea, gives you an idea of okay, people that are typing in this way, this is what they're looking for and what they're asking. So that's a, I love how you said one of the best, you know, best research was your brain. So start just by thinking through the process. And I think one of those, uh, another one of those underutilized tools is just Google suggest. Very powerful.
1: Yeah, so we're live with no net here. I just mm-hmm. typed in Nespresso verse, right? So what did I find? Nespresso versus, you know, Google is going to suggest keywords that yep. lots of people type in. So there's lots of volume here. Mm-hmm. You're in this compare intent. So your past research intent, right? Yep. You know, people aren't now researching like what is espresso yep. or what is an espresso machine or any different things like that. You're now in this compare stage where somebody's deeper in the funnel. That's why I really love this stage for, for e-commerce. And what Google is suggesting that, that I'm trying to type in here is Nespresso versus Keurig, Nespresso versus Espresso, Nespresso versus uh, Breville, Nespresso versus DeLonghi, Nespresso versus Coffee, Nespresso versus Starbucks. So uh, another tip here is, so I just typed in Nespresso verse. I could type in the Nespresso versus and then just type the letter A. Yep. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. when I type that letter A, now I get Nespresso versus AeroPress, which I've actually had an AeroPress.
0: AeroPress is fantastic. Really I easy. I like the really AeroPress. simple. Yeah. I take it when yeah. I travel. Break up a coffee, yeah.
1: It's an A-E-R, right? So A, it's it's starting to recommend all of the things to recommend to create a versus piece of content about um, that start with the letter A. So, and you can do this for B, C, D. Yep. And if you really get nuts, you can go and do this for... AA and AB, you know, uh, but that's probably a little over the top, but Nespresso versus AeroPress, Nespresso versus Automatic espresso, uh, Nespresso versus Aristo. And so you almost run into a situation where you have an unlimited amount of compare intent resources that need to be built. And so you, you make a list of these things and you start to prioritize, right? Like yeah. what should be built first and create that content to satisfy that compare intent. Yeah.
0: And thinking about okay, what what do I have something to say about? So so now yeah, exactly. I know something about AeroPress and I can actually speak from experience there. And this could be a valuable resource. I'll start there, right? Or espresso versus Breville. I've used both. Uh, Breville. I, I per I personally, will talk espresso machines. I like to I like to be able to tamp, right? I like I like. Okay. Small, well,
1: what's what your recommendation? But oh, I man.
0: like to. Uh, so um, we have the Breville One Touch in our at the OMG offices. It's great. It's pretty automated. At my house, I have a Breville that's a little less automated, that I like, and I don't remember what the one at home is. Um, but both you, you know, both have got a built-in grinder, but you use the tamp and then the oh, one yeah. touch uh, that we have in the office, like you pick, you know, hey, this is a flat white or this is a cappuccino or it's a, a latte and it's going to do the foam and all that on its own. It's like all, all uh, fully automated. But when I have at it home, it's just, you know, you get the, the the wand and you're you're looking and you're creating your ratio of, of uh, air and, and you know, thickness of the milk and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, so,
1: so yeah. I'm
0: getting, You know,
1: again, I'm getting stuff here. You know, Breville... Uh, Breville one-touch versus X and Y and Z. There's 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 going to be no uh, shortage. So, you know, when, you know, think about both branded. So what I'm doing here is branded, right? These are called branded keywords. So I have a branded product. It's the Breville uh, one-touch, right? And then I say verse. But you could also say, um, uh, you know, uh, you could also go unbranded where you're like automatic espresso machine versus manual espresso machine, right? Yep. And, and, and and do things. So those are going to be unbranded searches. that will bring people in before they're even starting to look at a brand. Now they're going to be a li- have a little less buyer intent. Yeah. But it could still be a great
0: keyword it's, for It's you still better than someone just typing platform. in espresso machine, right? Because now they're at least That's thinking right. about, oh, I got, the, I got different options. Do I want automated? Do I want a little bit of manual? Like what what kind of espresso machine do I want? And that means they're a little, at least a little further down in the, in the buying process. Absolutely. Um, great. So then how do you, uh, do you have any any suggestions for how do you decide what content to, to create, right? So we could create video, we could create a podcast, we'd write a, a blog post. And one, one interesting thing to talk about as we're looking at different formats, and, and you, you have, I'm sure, more details here than I do, but uh, I know Google is, is working on where you know you ask a question and Google surfaces a YouTube video that answers that question it will be queued up to where the answer is in the video. Right. And I hear the same thing is coming with podcasts as well. I'm beginning to see podcasts show up more in the SERPs, right? More in the search right. results page. And so I love, I love that. And I, you know, I love, I like creating content actually, but, um, any suggestions on, you know, do we write a blog post? Do we, do we create a video? Do we create a podcast or do a little bit of everything? Any suggestions there?
1: Right. So, um, You're right. I mean, I'm seeing the same thing, you know, there's recent news coming out that, that, you know, smart idea to get your podcast into Google podcasts because they are starting to index podcasts. Um, They are indexing, obviously video. um, And there's a lot that can be done there. I am still a text guy, still an HTML guy, but with, with something like espresso machine or really any physical product, I still like, I like video as well to augment Right. That that page. Yep. yep. Um, and so I wouldn't I wouldn't call these resources at the compare stage, especially um, blog posts. I would build pages yep. that. You know, so, so I recommend that you build pages and you can see like go into um, if you go into Google, you are listening to this. I use it as an example a lot in the software space. Type in FreshBooks versus, and you'll see the whole bunch of lists of things that people Quick try to compare FreshBooks cool. against. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And click on FreshBooks versus QuickBooks, and you'll see that FreshBooks is really smart. They've built a compare stage intent page that compares FreshBooks to QuickBooks. And you go in there, and you'll see that it's not a blog post. It's a page that, that literally lays out the argument for FreshBooks against QuickBooks, and um, so I wouldn't really consider it a, a blog post, although it, it is meant to be informative. It's also quite, you know, salesy, right? It's yep. like, look, you know, this is how we stack up against QuickBooks and, and you should choose us. And, and of course the call to action inside that page. And this is why I really love these kind of pages. Uh, a great place to start for software companies, but definitely for ecom companies is the call to action in there is go buy the product, yeah, right? Yeah. You now know, now know the difference, you know, take a free trial or, you know, yeah. So, um, you know, REI in the physical product space, REI is really, really fantastic at creating content at the research stage. So they'll create a piece like uh, the ultimate mountain biking checklist, right? And it'll be, a, it'll, it'll be a big blog posty type thing, but it's just riddled. You know, Home Depot, Lowe's—they do the same thing, riddled with links to yep. buy these things, right? So it's like, you know, here's the helmet, here's the bike lock, here's the shoes, here's all the stuff you need, right, to to do this. So um, while it's, it's it's designed to be super informative and meet somebody at that research stage, the call to action is go on over there and buy the shoes, buy the buy the bike, buy you know everything you yep. need to to you know be a mountain biker.
0: Yep. So. Yeah. I love that. And, and it's not, it's a different mindset than sitting down and I like, all right, I've got my, I've got to create my intro paragraph and then my second paragraph. And it's like, it begins to feel like a, an English term paper, paper or something rather than this is a resource that has visuals. and It's got a side-by-side comparison. And it's a bullet list and it's a, you know, it's, it's a little salesy at times. Like the, those things can work um, very well for this kind of resource uh, at these stages. Um Excellent. Uh, let's talk about the the buy stage and this and the succeed stage as well. But in, any other thoughts on deciding what medium to craft your your resources in?
1: Well, there's there's a couple of things there that we could talk about. One is medium, uh, and if you want to call medium like you know, is it an image? It's really only four different ways we create content online. It's either text, audio, image, video, right? So. Again, I do like HTML text on a page uh, with all the on-page SEO uh, done, um, and augmenting that with, if it makes sense, some kind of demo or something like that of the product on these compare pages. But the other thing to think about is the channel, right? That that we use because today, you know, SEO is so much bigger than Google. Right. And, and somebody said, but Russ, Google, between Google and, and YouTube, they own 90% of the market. And it's like, absolutely. But it's not, you know, there is, think about all the different apps that we use, the massive websites that we use every day. They're all search engines, right? In some capacity, um, they all have search functionality. And the cool thing is that most of them are light years behind. Google, right? And are much easier to get ranked inside of, for example, Pinterest than it is to get ranked inside of Google for the same keyword phrases. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Pinterest is still very reliant on weaker search engine technology that's just looking for exact match, right? That where it's like, you remember the old days when, you know, people are spinning out, you know, uh, best espresso machine in the world dot com yes, you know that kind of thing service. where you 're creating pins and boards and stuff like that that have exact matches to you, the keywords you 're looking to go after um, that stuff still works over in these work weaker search engines um, and you can drive traffic out of these channels much easier than you can get traffic, uh, especially if you're just getting started through google with a with a low authority site so there's there 's you know, what are what kind of content are we producing? Is it audio? Is it is it video? Um, I mean, I don't hate I don't hate video either. I mean, like, I, I really for e com, I, I really really think video is strong. Uh, but I'm still if if I was if you were to tell me like I'm looking to get my my SEO started uh, for e com, um, depending on what your business goal is, right? Where the opportunity is, I would either be telling you to. Um, spend time optimizing for compare stage uh, intent, building pages with HTML text on them, um, uh, augmenting with a video if you can. If you, if you don't have the, the bandwidth or resources, forget the video, but just create a page that compares this, this product to that product. Or I'd be telling you, if you're, if you're really more, uh, you're less interested in the front end where you're trying to acquire new customers, and you're more interested in retention and loyalty, I'd be more interested in building content at the succeed stage, that last stage, yeah. um, which, you know, is very unsexy, uh, much less sexy than acquiring new customers is selling more to the ones you already have and getting them to promote and refer and and, and, and cross-sell and other things. But, um, you know, we've all it's heard It's extremely it.
0: valuable. And, and, and a yeah. lot of people don't think about that from the content strategy of how do we influence that that succeed stage of one, making sure someone has a great experience with the product. So content to help them really enjoy and use the product well. And because, and then, you know, content that's going to cause them to buy more, buy something else. Deflecting,
1: deflecting refunds and deflecting um, uh, customer service issues, uh, tickets and calls and stuff like that. If that's an issue, um, you know, you're going to get that too. And take our espresso machine. So, if we skip past that buy stage, which, you know, is a little obvious, right? Like, what are we looking to optimize from the buy stage? Well, we're looking to optimize probably a product or a category page. page. Yeah. 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 And it's going to be a, but when we think, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit different is to think about SEO as it pertains to the person who already bought your product before. So, in, in, the, in the case of the espresso machine, Brett wants to create amazing espresso. He wants to dazzle his wife and his family with this amazing, uh, barista, uh, you know, um, skills and, and his friends and all these things. And he wants to have great espresso. And so how do we make him more successful with the product we've already sold him? Um, that's one thing, but, but how do we avoid creating frustration? Like can, you know, because if you're like me, and I think most people are these days, we don't read the instruction manual. We don't, you know, we, we can't take the thing out of the box. We start playing with it. And then when I, when I run into a problem, I'm like, Oh, I really want to know how to make that cute little heart at the top of my, <laughs> which know. is
0: really hard by the way, which I, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good barista. Like people, people want to come to my house and have my espresso, but the heart, <laughs> like creating the heart is difficult. I, I when I'm creating latte art, I like to call it it's more like a Rorschach test. So I'm just, I'm going to make something. You're going to have to see what you see in that. And, and maybe we could psychoanalyze that, but it's more of a Rorschach thing, but but it's, it's going to taste amazing.
1: So. Yeah. I mean, totally. And, and, you know, you think that's silly, but that's a great piece of content, especially for video yeah. for, for an espresso maker. Right. And, and somebody selling espresso machines. It's, but You know, even before that, thinking about how do you reduce the frustration, the friction of getting your product set up, you know, like you get a piece of technology. Typically, you're going to have that little quick start guide in there, right, where they're just trying to get you onboarded as quickly as possible, Um, you know, and and, and get you to have some level of, of delight with the product as quickly as possible Well, nothing slows that down more than they don't know how to get it set up. They, you know, something's, you know, they don't know how to install something properly. And, you know, the most unsexy example in the world is that, you know, we bought a new dishwasher, ordered it online. Uh, I'm here at my office. I come home and it's installed. Right. And I'm like, dude, boom, there it is. Sweet. And I look at it and I'm like, look at all these buttons on here. Like, look at it. this. is just like fancy, Dishwasher. Well, I went to to the web, right? I went to Google to figure out what is this button? What does it do? Like, how do I, you know, and I'm a nerd, you know, like, but I think I'm like most people where more and more we're turning to the web to succeed with the products that we buy.
0: Yeah, we know know, know the manuals, we know the manual is going to be written by some techie that, you know, doesn't speak our language. We'd rather go to Google, find something that, that's quick and easier. Ask a specific question, that's maybe buried in the middle of the manual or something. We'll just search for it, and find it, or maybe we'll watch a YouTube video. I actually watched several YouTube videos setting up the espresso machine because it was step by step and a little bit easier. But sometimes I prefer to read. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go to Google to, to get to be successful. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, I like to smoke a cigar once in a while. Yeah. like A
0: probably. good cigar.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like really good cigars. So I buy my cigars from JR Cigars on online. And they ship them to me, but content that they produce it. A lot of times this kind of content can both attract new buyers and support and the succeed. So what they do is they create videos that help you to pair your, uh, your cigar with the right whiskeys, nice. right. With the right, be with the right, you know, after, is this a daffer dinner thing? Is it that right? And this is content marketing at its finest and it's SEO at its finest, right? It's, 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 you know, I'm searching for, you know, the right experience. And so I might be in that research compare stage out front, um, or I might be already, I might already have the product in my hand and I want to have more fun with it, or I want to have a better experience, or I want to, I want to be able to use it better. And, and these, you know, depending on what, where you want to attack, you could keep a content team busy on either one of these sides of the purchase, whether it's on the back end where you're looking to really grow a rabid, loyal group of people that want to buy more cigars or espresso or, you know, whatever from you. Or you could look to drive more demand on the front end with a lot of compare intent type content. But either way, you could keep, you could keep an SEO and a, and a writer and a, and a content producer very busy uh, and you know, then if if you if you're the one, you know, and really, I believe I believe this. It takes a marketing mind, not a writer, not a, you know, writers are sometimes not the same as marketers. It take you know, our content producer is not always the same. It takes a marketer to set this strategy and look and say, okay, what's who's the customer, what will their intent be, and what resources need to be built, and then you can go set your, your content producer to go produce that stuff, write it shoot it, record it, whatever. But you should, you as the marketer should be the one setting that strategy and determining intent, right? If you can determine intent, then you go set your content producers off, off to do the work uh, of producing that stuff.
0: Yep. I love it. So uh, you mentioned REI before and REI is great, a great company at creating content at these different stages. Uh, who else would you recommend people pay attention to? Because I think sometimes the best way to learn is get on some email lists, uh, follow some sites, and watch them remarket to you and what are they sending you? you know, check out someone's blog, things like that. Who do you recommend? Um, so in the clothing
1: space, um, I like Nordstrom, actually. Um, they create a lot of um, content that's right there up against the buy the buy stage of things that would cause you to um, have friction between the purchase, whether it's in store or online. Um, I really like the like a uh, piece of content like uh, the suit, the suit sizing guide,
0: right? Nice. So it's it's on there, it's telling you like, which is confusing for a lot of people. It's not easy to yeah. pick out. I'm not just an XL with yes. a suit, there's all kinds of stuff you got to think. Absolutely. Of. And if you're going to order something online
1: or if you're coming in store, Right. And you're online, you're looking, you know, you're looking for a suit and you're you maybe you're on Nordstrom's site. This creates friction between, you know, and you might be embarrassed. Like, I don't know what a I don't know what that what the different cuts of a suit are. Right. And this removes that. That friction. Um, give me another category.
0: Uh Yes, yeah, so see. We talked about oh, Home Depot awesome. We talked to Pero, We talked to uh, Yeah, I mean, Home
1: Depot and Lowe's and stuff like that. Um, fantastic in you know in in that in their categories. Um, but you know you can you could you could uh, picture like if you were selling fitness uh, products, man. There's a, a never-ending things to compare uh, in in that space um, and a never-ending uh, amount of intent at the succeed stage, yeah. right? Because these people want to get more fit. They want to lose weight. They want to do this yep. thing. So, you know, it's not, you know, this stuff is not super hard to figure out. Once you sit down and you say, well, dang, you're right. Like, what would they be comparing? What's Google telling me they're comparing? Um, let's build resources that satisfy that intent. And what kinds of things are they looking to do? Like, what are their goals and how can we help them achieve them better? Um, you know, it, it satisfies uh, in, intent at that succeed stage as well. So,
0: yep, I love it. I love it. This is so good. Uh, this is the type of thing that, that everybody should go through this exercise of thinking about, uh, you know, how to influence the different stages. And I, I really like the idea of hey the compare stage and the succeed stage like those may be the most immediately impactful stages the compare side because that's when so you know there's still lots of searches for some of those queries but someone's closer to purchase the succeed stage you know really is about helping someone enjoy your product more and then refer more and buy more and that's that can move the needle very quickly uh, the buy stage relatively for straightforward because it's really your product detail page and your... Yeah, I mean, it is. Page. And it's hard
1: to rank. You know, you're going to have a hard time outranking Amazon for that page. You are. You
0: are. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and so, if you want to take just a step outside of SEO for a second, because you, know, you, you and I are not, are not necessarily in any one discipline of, of marketing. We know that this is a holistic approach. Nope. This type of resource that you build, these compare stage and succeed stage resources, Let's think about a, a page you've built that compares the Breville this to the one touch that, right? That's a, that's a, good, a good piece of content to go out to a, a prospect email list, to go out to do paid ads, to drop out onto social media, right? Now you're not going to get, you're, you know, it's not the sexiest thing in the world. And, but the clicks you're going to get Yep. Are very high intent. That's the why the word intent is so important. If I click on a comparison between this and that, man, you've got you've got a potential buyer right yep. there. Yep, for okay? sure. And if you can if you can find a way to either ascend them from that page with a call to action or retarget them, um, or you know use all the different things we have at our disposal um, to to bring that person back into the funnel. Um, this is a, you know, these are really powerful. I call them money pages, right? This is a money page that you're building. And that's what you want to be building is money pages. And then on the back end with that succeed stuff, right? Using your email list, right? To, to, to drip out succeed stage, uh, content to people that bought your espresso machine or whatever it is you sell. Like would Brett, you know, a week after he bought, if there's a well-timed email that dropped into his inbox and said how to create the heart. You know the heart on the top of your espresso. He probably would have watched that. All video, over, man, right? It'd be all yeah, over. he's you know. So that's what I mean. Is is this isn't just about SEO. This is about it's anticipating intent and producing resources that that satisfy that intent and using whatever traffic channels you have at your disposal. Don't don't limit this to search. But these are really great search strategies. I mean, really great. Like compare levels of. Uh, There's going to be some volume there and it's super high intent. And then on the succeed stuff, uh, you know, we used to have a metric when I worked at at Salesforce, every piece of content that we produced um, that was in that succeed stage that would help people use Salesforce's software better, right? On the team that I was on, every visit to that page represented a number. And that number was the amount of money it cost us to pay a customer service representative to walk somebody through that same nice. process nice. that was on that page. It's called call deflection yep. or ticket deflection. And it's actually represented in our team's metrics that visits to these pages represent customer satisfaction and loyalty and call deflection, ticket deflection, right? Uh, reducing the amount of customer service tickets that we were receiving and phone calls we were getting into call centers.
0: Um, Which has real economic value.
1: uh, Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff when you go in as a content marketer anyway, which none of you guys are necessarily, but, you know, this was my goal from the time I started becoming a content marketer all the way through to now is how does content marketing actually affect real business goals? And that's how you do it. You optimize for the comparison of two espresso machines and people start, you catch on to a good ranking there, you're going to make money off that page. Yep. you go run some traffic to it out of Facebook or or whatever or, or buy that buy that keyword right at the top with adWords or or whatever experiment with different traffic sources because this isn't just
0: about search yep love it man this is super super powerful stuff uh, very very valuable let's transition a little bit Let, let's talk about the click so the, the click. clickcom your newsletter. So why a daily newsletter? What, what kind of inspired you to do this? Why are you doing it? And uh, tell us a little bit about it. So the
1: click is a email first, uh content marketing play on my part. Um, and right now this, this only place you can get the content that I'm producing is at, is by subscribing to this newsletter. It's, uh the click is spelled C L I K K. Somebody said, Why why did you why didn't you get C L I C K? I said, because the domain was gone. Right. I mean like, <laughs> so it's it a
0: million dollars for it. Yeah.
1: C L I K K. They did. They wanted like something ridiculous for it. And I was like, eh, I kind of like this anyway. Yep. So um, you know, why email? Um a couple of reasons. I've been watching a couple of other businesses for a few years now. Uh the skim.com uh has is become a, you know, a legitimate publisher in this world. And they are email first. Um, the skim.com has, I don't know, 8 million subscribers or something wow. ridiculous. Um, the Hustle, The Morning Brew. Is yep. there a couple that are in more of the Wall Street Journal type uh, content space? Um, and they're doing really well. And, and, and it's, it's not hard to figure out why. Email is still the most powerful channel when it comes to actually getting, you know, I talk to people all day long about business and all this stuff and they'll talk to me about social media and using Twitter and using all these different things and writing blog posts and doing all these things. At the end of the day, we need to own our media, right? You want to own that media and and the best way to own your media still is email. Um, And so super powerful. no. Creating this business has been about has been about really focusing in on, on a few metrics, which is you know my conversion rate on the page, and then you know what are my open rates and what are my click through rates on uh, in the click um, com, and 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 creating the best product that I possibly can to keep those numbers as high as possible because it's a publishing play, right? So it, it's going to sell ads uh, eventually when it hits uh-huh. scale. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to put together. Um, I have a team of writers that, that I work with every day. I have a cartoonist. Uh, I have a graphic designer that makes cool stuff. And we create, you know, we are here for anybody that is in the, in the digital business. Um, yep. uh, and, and and we're creating you know, what we think is the uh, best resource um, about digital marketing um, and digital business news and what's happening with you know, Insta and uh, Facebook and Google, and Google, and, and 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 yep, yeah, yep. all the big players and all that stuff. And we have a lot of fun in there. I have a, a little trivia question that I do in there every day. There's like cartoons in there. Like I said, so it's fun.
0: It's a, it's been a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it, it's uh, very informative. Uh, like as I mentioned, I read it every day. I enjoy it. It is fun. It's engaging. And you know, if you listen to this podcast, you said, "Dude, I got to have Russ more. I got to have more Russ Henneberry. In my life, you can have more Russ Taver in your inbox tomorrow. Uh, theclick.com. So Russ this has been brilliant, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Had a blast as always, and uh, look forward to you know catching up at a, at our uh, next event or whatever. Brett. It's been a pleasure, and I will be down at your house in Missouri very shortly for an espresso. For an espresso, come on, dude! Yeah, anybody's welcome. I'm happy to play barista for a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, with that, I will link. Uh, I, li- I will link. I will link to the click in and um, the other resources we talked about. I put those in the show notes as always. Uh, and with that, until next time, as always, thank you for tuning in. All right, let's wrap. Hey, man. Uh, really good stuff.